Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott, alongside, as always, hello, Scott. Hey, Sean. A little lilting there in your open. A little bit. What's yeah. wrong? You got got a little cold? Yeah, a little something. A little something. Uh, yeah, it's that time of year. Next to me at work uh, was saying that she's not feeling great today, so maybe I picked a little something up. Oh dear. So we are here, nearly live at the Ottawa Curling Club for the second night for us of our curling season, Scott. Absolutely, ready to go and. Uh, Get another win. We haven't had the hammer this year, so... Uh, we have not. We're 1-0. and oh. We have not had the hammer as yet, so we'll see if we can keep that up on a, on a Monday night here. The federal debate is going on as we speak. I will watch it when I get home. The beauty of 2019. Yeah, I was watching baseball games before I came here, so uh, yeah. didn't even th- think about the debate. Yeah, but I, I work right by the Canadian Museum of History, and there was a lot of people around oh, for that, including... Okay. Some of uh, the RCMP's finest. Yes, um, yes. And we actually got a notice that uh, there was an unregistered protest planned. Oh. Uh, so advising us to be safe over there. So a lot going on in the world of sports and the world of politics here in Canada. But we're here, Scott, to talk about the world of curling. Yeah, we are, Sean. We, we like talking about curling more than those other things. Yeah, so and our apologies, we did actually record an episode about a week and a half ago on a Friday night at the RCMP Curling Club here in Ottawa where we were there to watch the English national team and Jonathan Havercroft was here playing. We recorded, but the audio was unusable. Yeah, it was a real disappointment because I thought we had some of our best takes that we've ever had. It was a great uh, show. Real biting insight, you know? Yeah, uh, and you could analysis. really get the ambiance of the club because it was hopping in there. Oh, yeah, it was, it was really great. busy, really busy and and good. But, you know, uh, uh, them's the breaks, I guess. Sometimes be, that happens. It's good, though. Our worst take was that uh, John and Havercroft, as we were watching, their team had not given up a single point in their game, and we predicted that they would go through not only undefeated but without being scored against. Yeah, and they lost their next two games <laughs> and didn't make the playoffs. But so, yeah, they were looked like they were all having a good time. So yeah, so uh, so but there is a lot going on that we wanted to catch everybody up on. First off, we'll go over what happened this weekend—a pretty big weekend—and for some reason, these events like these Monday finishes. I'm assuming it's because they can get a full day of people in the club on Sundays mm-hmm. and keep the bar going and just the activity in the club, and then. For the finals, they'll do the Monday. But the Stu Cells, Toronto Tankard, was this weekend. A real mix, I think, Scott, in the quality of fields between the men and the women. Because a lot of the top women's teams were elsewhere in the country. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the top men's teams came to this one. Right. There was sort of split focus on the women's side. Uh, geographically, it would Geographically seem. speaking, yes. Yeah. Uh, so so you're right uh, but the men's spiel did have uh, all the top names there that you would expect save a couple who were in korea playing in the, the spiel over in korea that ended last week yeah so mccruthers who won the korean spiel that's right uh, they were over in korea botcher wasn't playing we'll talk about where they were in a bit uh, but for the most part your top teams were all there yeah yeah and uh we had a pretty quality final with Brad Jacobs and Kevin Cooey, and uh, Jacobs came out on top in this one. 
Mark Kennedy getting the best of his former team. Yeah, so that's kind of one that it's October right now, but if you were to sign me up for a Briar final, I might take that. Yeah, or even a Canada Cup uh, in a couple months, you know. Yeah, so yeah. so congratulations, then. That's a big win. And really for that team, I mean, we saw them win the Canada Cup last year, but really just positive results with Mark Kennedy on the team. Yeah, absolutely. He seems to be a real... Real good uh, calming influence on the on the boys there, and yep. they can't uh, doubt their results. Right, they which speak is, for themselves. Yeah, and that's exactly what they need, right? That calming. Yeah. Keep everybody together. Keep them intact. So. Yeah, that's the role I play on our team, right, Sean? Sure, sure. <laughs> let's uh, let's go with that. Uh, and then on the women's side, uh, Kira Brunton gets the win. Did yeah. A surprise there. Yeah, Northern Ontario rink that's always in the mix when it comes to playdowns. So. Uh, good for good for them picking up an early season win. Yeah, I think that's a nice, uh, a really nice win for them. And again, the the field wasn't maybe as strong as what we've saw on the men's side as a comparison. But a win at a big event is a win at a big event. Yeah, exactly. It's got uh, all the all those points in it. Uh, so you know, can't you can't knock it, right? For sure. And uh, out west, the event in BC, Tyler Tardy gets the win on the men's mm-hmm. side. Nice win for them. Uh, beats. Jim Cotter in the final. Mm-hmm. Those are really the two top teams there. Sean Gael was there as well. So some of the yeah, West Coast teams. More of a know. more of a BC tour event. Yeah. Yeah. So so they get the win out there. And then we mentioned Brendan Botcher. He was not playing in a four-person event this weekend because Brendan Botcher and Darren Molding were playing a mixed doubles event. That's right. Near uh, near Calgary, I believe, uh, and just. By happenstance, the Netherlands, all the Netherlands showed up mm-hmm. for the family reunion. And uh, Darren Molden was playing with Heather Netherland, and Dave Netherland was playing with their daughter. And the final was Netherland, Netherland against Netherland Molden. <laughs> and uh, Netherland, Netherland wins. Yeah, yeah, good uh, win for young Netherland there. The first, the first of many, I'm sure. Yeah, so sure. Uh, a nice win for them there. It's sort of a fun little thing. Yeah, that, I got, I happen. got a notification. Uh, Dave Netherland has tweeted for the first time in a while, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I checked it out and went, oh, that's pretty good, pretty good result for them. So uh, right for sure. on. Yeah, really good win. So that's sort of a bit of a rundown of what happened uh, over the weekend. Yeah, McCruthers winning in Korea. That final was against John Schuster so they beat Schuster there in the Korean final on the women's side Nina Roth gets the win mm-hmm. there that's a nice win for Nina Roth yeah the, seems like it's been a while since they've won so yeah so that, that American team you know we talked about their back and forth with Jamie Sinclair so that's a good win for them and do you remember who ended up winning that spiel at the RCMP club I think it might have been Mark Homan no, I believe it was, I, I want to say it was Mike Fournier. Okay, I think they were in the final against each other. Yeah. I just can't remember who won. But Yeah, uh, so, uh, so uh, good. and actually Mike Fournier made the playoffs there at the Stu Cells there this mm. week. So a pretty good run for him. And, yeah. you know, with Mark Holman and Mike Fournier, you're looking forward to Quebec. For sure. As, as maybe those two teams to represent Quebec and the Briar. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's going to be uh, an interesting event. I'm hoping to be able to go see some of it this year. Yeah, so things are ramping up in the world of curling as we make the slow march to the first Grand Slam and games back on the TV. A uh, couple other things. The PAF Masters was this weekend. Uh, Isabella Rana, they repeat there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so nice win for them overseas. 
uh, and I think that was it of the ones we wanted to talk about because there's a lot more events we could talk about. Oh, there's so many events, John. Those are the uh, ones. uh, It's pretty crazy. Go to Curling Zone, check them all out. Yeah, so a lot of a lot of stuff to keep track of there. Uh, But we also wanted to talk about some of the broader issues at play here. That Curling Canada has made some announcements. We talked about this in the last episode, but we do want to talk about it because there were some strong reactions. And now with a little bit of time, I think we can properly reflect on some of these. First, let's talk about the Continental Cup that Curling Canada announced the teams. There is no American team this year, and the European teams are all from three countries. So you get the Scottish teams, the Swedish teams, and the Swiss teams, both men's and women's. And then you'll have six Canadian teams there. Mm-hmm. People were upset. Scott, what's your take? Uh, my take is it doesn't matter, right? The, uh, who cares? This is a TV show. Uh, it's it's nice for these teams to be able to win some money, get a little practice uh, before we get into the playdown season. At the end of the day, whatever. I know they wanted to to do a little a little different uh, and and get the mix, the team scrambles in there. Like I think they added an extra draw. Yeah, so for the scrambles. So and one more scramble, one fewer mixed doubles. Yeah, and they found that uh, with the Japanese teams and and the Chinese teams that the language barrier was a little, uh, maybe a little too much to overcome for those type of scramble events. Uh, yeah, it, so the question was, is it an unfair advantage for the North, North American America. team? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, it, everyone's going to have to speak English anyway because it's the Scottish team and... Uh, I mean, unless they want to speak Swedish to the to the Swedes or French, uh, I'd be in for that. French or German, you know, who knows? But uh, I don't know when they invite Jop Van Dorp. Yeah, I'm sure he speaks like all the languages. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> could could do. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, it's not a big deal to me. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think it matters. This is a TV show. The whole thing about not having an American team. I, I, I'll be honest, the people at USA Curling have been extremely nice to me whenever I've come across mm-hmm. them at, at some of the various events that I've been at. And yeah, they've always been very accommodating, really super nice. And, you know, I, I feel a little bad for them. But at the same time, it's in Canada and TSN is the one who is making this thing happen. Right. And in the history of the event, in the entire history of the event, TSN has never featured an American team. In Playing the, in on the their games. own, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like there's been American players in the scrambles that they've mm-hmm. done or mixed doubles, whatever, but they've never, in the just team games, they've mm-hmm. never featured an American team. So as a TV show, you're watching the f- same four teams over the course of the 12 draws that there are right so that can be a little redundant i think so, so you add that extra team that you can really go between and show the different games so mm-hmm. i think that makes it a little more appealing for tsn and for the audience in london i mean it's going to be sold out either way right but for the audience in london too you have more of that team canada feel it gives the, the fans there perhaps something to go a little more to go on. I right. mean, they're going to cheer for North America anyway, but yeah, but it'll just give an, es- an extra Canadian team to, to root on and 
And uh, nothing wrong with that. Right? Yeah, I think as long as we remember that it's a TV show, it's mm-hmm. a made-for-TV event, it's there to be fun, to have a bit of a different angle on the players. You, you know, you have the interviews on the bench, you see them in a different light when they're playing with different players. It's a lot more relaxed. They're going to try different shots. That's what's great about mm-hmm. I mean, the Skins game in general, you see more aggressive play, but I thought last year the Skins game was so interesting. Because not only was it the individual games, they were playing the larger team games too. Mm-hmm. And Nicholas Adine was calling shots to give up steals so that he could have, have the hammer, hammer to go for two. Because yeah. he only needed to win one end. Right. So it was so interesting just to see those play across the three sheets. Hmm. And as long as we un- take it that way and recognize that that's what it's for. I know we talked last time, Twinesheim came up with a system almost like a Ryder Cup, Davis Cup. Yeah, it would turn it into kind of a like the real World Cup of curling, not what we saw last year. Right, and and I'm all for that type of event, but I don't think that comes in place of the Continental Cup because the Continental Cup holds a very specific purpose. Right, right. And uh, the thing I like the most about the, the idea that Twinetime had, and so go check out the blog if you get a chance, is that it could all be done in a week. Right. So it would be a big event it would be done in a week and and you would have one men's team one women's team and one mixed doubles team from each country play basically a a two out of three match play against another nation to advance uh sounds pretty like a no-brainer to me the the question would be would countries want to send people if they knew they were going to get turfed on the first uh, in the first round right exactly yeah so depend on where it is and then that would be something that I would assume that the World Curling Federation would have to get behind. Yeah. Not yeah, only yeah. just for the organization of it, but also for the broadcasting of it. The broadcasting and the money. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't expect them to play for free. So. No. So so there's uh, uh, some logistical things there, but it'd be interesting to do. Yeah. Like, like the way the World Cup of curling worked last year, we were all a little confused about what was going on and... Why were there two Canadian teams in the grand final? Well, because they won them, and I don't know. It just didn't seem it didn't didn't seem like it was all worked out. But the the way to do it in a knockout style, I I kind of like it. Yeah, I, I agree. So that was the news from the Continental Cup. The final Canadian teams will be decided at the Canada Cup in December, mm-hmm. and that'll fill out the roster for Team Canada. That's the, right. the other news that Curling Canada announced is that the qualifications for the Roar of the Rings 2021, just around the corner, they have officially determined how the teams will be decided. Minor tweaks that if you win the Scotties or Briar, you no longer have to medal mm-hmm. at the World Championships. That is the Chelsea Carey rule. Chelsea Carey rule, yep. And... Otherwise, it's the same. Points for one season, points for the next season, points for two seasons combined. That's right. Uh, and then the winners of the Canada Cup this year, next year, Briar Scotty this year, next year. Everything else will be determined by points. Top seven in. The Everyone else goes to the pre-trials. And by everyone else, I mean everyone else. <laughs> goes to the pre-trials. And the final two spots will be determined out of those pre-trials. Yeah, yeah. So uh, not too different, like you mentioned. Uh, uh, what they they did mention, they're not changing the timing of the trials. We had talked about that last year, whether doing it in December was a good idea because you're not getting the team at the peak of their winning. You know, you've got the, the holiday rush uh, right after, and they've got to get all their documents and travel stuff all organized with uh, the Canada Olympic Committee. But 
but I think they acknowledge that they don't want to do it the year before because they want to have the hottest team possible uh, going into the Olympics. And to be honest, the only way to do it with all the logistics that come along with it is to do it before that Christmas break and then and then to get all the travel sorted out. You can't qualify the night before the Olympics. So no. uh, for, for that reason, they're keeping it in December, and I'm fine with that idea. Yeah, I, we'll see how it goes this time. And apparently this was done in consultation with the players. I'm sure Nolan Thiessen was very involved in this process mm-hmm. as the high-performance director, or whatever his title is with Curling Canada, that he would have been heavily involved. I'm sure Jeff Stoughton was in a lot of these meetings as well. Yep. Uh, and I would be shocked if they didn't call up Kevin Martin uh, as well, someone who's, who went through it twice. So I, I would think that... Now, of course, the two times Kevin Martin did it, he didn't have to fly to the other side of the world, but... But, you know. Still. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out in 2022. Mm-hmm. And if we look back at 2018 and say it was a blip, we sent the two best teams. And no one's arguing that we yeah, s- I, didn't send the two best teams in 2018 for Canada. It's just a matter of did we put them in the best position to succeed? That's the question. Yeah, that's and that's a fair question. And, and of course, in Olympics I- in Asia with the time difference the way it is you know it's it's different than like you say kevin martin in vancouver or even going to italy uh you know for for the guys from newfoundland italy's only what three and a half hours different so uh, four and a half hours different uh so you know it's uh yeah we'll have to see how it goes next time but i think you're right we definitely sent as canada we sent the two best teams in canada at that time yeah and probably still so yep. I, I don't think that you can uh, fault the process for that in any way. Yeah, and I think the other thing that we maybe get tunnel vision here, too, is that other countries, while there isn't the depth of talent that there is in Canada, they're doing their qualification around the same time. The, American had their, the Americans had their trials. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's not forget uh, Scotland as well. They had those trials where it was Bruce Mowat and... Um, um, Glenn Muirhead. Glenn Muirhead. And, and they were going back and forth. But uh, actually, neither of them went. It was Kyle Smith's team that right. ended up going, so, right? So, so. so there was that whole back and forth between those three teams that was going on. I mean, so it's not like everyone else decides super far in advance. And and Kyle Murray or... Smith. Kyle Smith. Uh, Glenn Muirhead played with him, so I'm yes. not... Uh, I, I didn't make a mistake. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, So, but, but so those sorts of things, they happen in other countries. We're just really focused here. And... Yeah, people like uh, Anna Hasselberg and Nicholas Adine. There is a qualification process in those countries. There they is. just don't have the level of competition to go through that you have in Canada. For sure, for sure. And and like and of course, Nicholas Adine was sitting behind us <laughs> during the final of the Roar of the Rings. That's right. He was. He was in the building, just having a good time. Yeah, watching some of the best curling out there. And you know, we were sitting in the upper deck because yeah, nobody else was there. So we yeah. said, why not? Yeah, and they were waiting on Rasmus Randa to bring them drinks. Yeah. So <laughs> that's the role of the front-enders. You got it. <laughs> uh, so on the mixed doubles side, small change there that they're going to go from 18 teams down to 16 teams for the trials. Mm-hmm. Overall, the same process. Uh, national champions will get to go. Uh, some regional champions will get to go. Points as well. And then, of course, the pre-memorial tuck 
rule is that the Tucks always get to go. It's like the Masters. Right. That they have, they have the equivalent of the green jacket. They can play for as long as they want to. Right. And they, if at any time they decide they don't want to play, they can still throw out the ceremonial, the ceremonial first, rock. first rock. And we will always have an empty sheet to honor <laughs> the contribution. I, I, I know we joke about it, but honestly, I don't know if if mixed doubles curling is where it is without the tucks they did a lot yeah for it like they yeah. they pounded the pavement they got out they played in all those events yep. they represented canada they did a lot to further the mixed doubles case and sure. in terms of getting into the olympics and all that I mean, yes, they're not solely responsible, but I think they have a big hand in it. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Uh, we can't look back at the history of mixed doubles without talking about the story of the Tuck. I don't know. You really can't. And they're just fun to watch when they're on TV. Too. Yeah, they're, they're a good uh, good banter. Yeah, so more Tucks. <laughs> we're, we're in for the Tucks. Um, so there it is. So that's all the news and views of what's come out of curling Canada recently, Scott. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there was anything else we had decided we wanted to talk about. No, well, <laughs> we could <laughs> no. talk about uh, Jonathan Havercroft. Yeah, the... Tweeted it out, great form. Oh, good good form, yeah. The Rocks Across the Pond podcast, they've got uh, a real player on their on their broadcast. Yeah. I mean, probably the best out of, uh, uh, out of you and me and Ryan, so there you go. Yeah, <laughs> That's pretty damning <laughs> with faint praise right there. Oh, and sorry, Ryan. I've never seen him play. <laughs> but, uh, the, yeah, they, they did an episode where they talked about some of the uh, U.S. bond spiels. Mm. And I, we went to the one in Knoxville uh, uh, last summer. And we're looking to go to another one this year. Uh, actually, I did want to say something. I got an email from the, the Bay Area Curling Club. Oh, yeah. Uh, with updates on some of their fundraising for a dedicated ice facility. Okay. The, their plans are are basically ready to go, but they st- they need to get commitments for a, a little bit more money. The process was delayed. Long story. Uh, so if you're out there and you're interested, you can go to dedicatedice.com. I believe it's the website. I could be wrong. My phone's not on me. But uh, it, go and check it out. And if you can make a, a contribution, go ahead and do that. And hopefully once their facility's built... The club will, you know, continue to gain momentum and stuff, and we'll be able to go to a spiel out there. That'd be great. Yeah, I love uh, getting out to the Bay Area. Yeah, they, it's, they're going to build in Oakland. Nice. We can take the BART. Uh, probably. Yeah. yeah. I like it. So they're going to build, uh, they're just going to put ice down at Oracle Arena. That's what they're going to do. Oh, yeah, because they're the, moving out. Because the massive crowds that will come and watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, no uh, doubt. You know, they, is it some of like these uh, tech execs and stuff? They have basketball games, like pick up basketball games at Oracle. Oh, really? Yeah, I've heard. I've heard wow. tell of it. So we, yeah. So why not? Yeah, just uh, put some ice down. Right? It's right on the Bart. Yeah, it sure is in a lovely location. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the only part of Oakland I know. Absolutely. So yeah. anyway, that's all I had to say. Yeah. So uh, good luck to the folks out there. Always, always good to see dedicated ice to growth of the game in the United States. So yeah, if we, if we can ever get out there, that would be fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Great yeah, contribution yeah, right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, I wanted to say that it came up because of uh, Curling Night in America was filmed right. down in Raleigh. And uh, the, the progress that that club down there has made, the Triangle Curling Club, uh, is pretty great. So a uh, shout out to them for putting on a good event. And uh, maybe we'll look at getting down there as well. Yeah. And 
uh, we mentioned Rocks Across the Pond. Ryan went down and did interviews with a bunch of the players mm-hmm. when they were filming Curly Night in America. So if you're interested in that, uh, hop over to Rocks Across the Pond. I think they did it in two episodes. Yeah, there were a couple episodes. It, it was pretty good stuff. So, yeah, so uh, uh, check uh, it out. And lastly, as I drop something, I, we wanted to thank uh, the Two Girls in a Game podcast for shouting, at us, shouting us out on National Podcast Day. Yes. Well, actually, Twitter. International Podcast Day. International? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so they showed it at all the curling podcasts. Uh, it is, it's kind of fun that there is this little community here of curling podcasters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll, we'll include the Lazy Handle show in yeah. that. It's not a podcast, it's the YouTube show. Yeah. But it's part of the whole, the same vibe. Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. So it is this cool little community that exists there. And we know a lot of people who listen to us listen to all of them too. Yeah. So it's kind of cool that we can uh, share this community. I got to say, with everything that's going on in the world, when I go to my Twitter feed, my Sean Graham, the historian Twitter feed, mm-hmm. and I see what's going on, and then I look at the Game of Stones Twitter feed, the, the curling Twitter sphere makes me so much happier <laughs> than everything else in the, the personal feed so it's nice to have this little community of niceness yeah it's pretty good the uh the old twitter spiel yes yeah. so thanks to everybody for uh for supporting us and supporting everybody else and letting us do these things and talk about this frankly really silly game but we love it <laughs> we, we just love it so that's gonna do it for this week wrapping up a bit of the news we will uh be back with you next week for a new show if you are canadian in canada or even if you're canadian not in canada happy thanksgiving everybody mm. enjoy the long weekend uh, hopefully you get a chance to relax here in the nation's capital the colors are out the colors are beautiful yeah i might just be popping a turkey in the oven there next weekend there you me. go love the smell of the turkey it's great mm-hmm. so uh, so happy thanksgiving to everybody and for those of you who are not canadian happy middle of october <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, enjoy the long weekend. We'll be back with everybody next week as we continue to ramp up into the TV season of the curling schedule. So in the interim, please do subscribe to the show if you have not yet on Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, those types of places. Give us the likes, ratings, all that fun stuff. Keeps the show going. Find us on Instagram and Twitter. Feed the positive on Twitter at uh, Game of Stones Pod. Scott's on both those things at Scott Likes TV. I'm on Twitter at Dr. Shiny TV. If you want to just show me some positivity on the Twitter sphere, you could do the personal one too. Yeah, keep feeding the positive. <laughs> just feed the positive. Let's just keep doing that uh, as we move forward. Man. <laughs> um, and uh, you can always email the show with ideas, suggestions, or tips, whatever at gameofstonespodcast at gmail.com so we'll be back with you again next week but until then keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern